Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We are live at the completion of the second ODI, where Shreyas Iyer has just scored a magnificent century to take Team India over the line. Ishan Kishan has kind of got stuck in the 90s, but for what feels like, I don't know what the stats are, but feels like a while. But we have a full house here today. Guys, it's been a while since all three of us have been on. So DJ, thanks for joining. So DJ, let me come to you first. What are your thoughts? T20 Series 2-1, ODI Series currently tied at 1-all. I mean, it was a 40-over match the first one but yeah how are you feeling yeah pretty good result in the t20 series i think that's what we predicted as well i mean that's the we seem to go for 2-1 a lot right, right? it's 2-1 <laughs> in the three-match series is just 2-1 in favor of india it was a yeah. good series i mean obviously the series was dominated by the news around the t20 world cup squad and the lack of uh bumrah in that squad but i'm sure we'll talk about that uh, injury and stuff later a good result for team india the batting seemed to really be firing in all the games we'll see how it plays out in the t20 world cup but i mean the second string odi team seems to be doing pretty well as well uh, captained by shekhar dhawan shekhar um, yeah it's like looking into the future right like gazing into a crystal ball and and looking into the future which is uh, it's pretty cool Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. DJ, let's talk through. You mentioned the T20s a little bit, right? I'm not going to go through every single one. India won the the first two and so by the third we, you know, weren't as kind of lost interest. Lost interest weren't as proud as ended up giving 227. But let's kind of go through your key highlights, right? Rahul yeah. I think made two 50s and man of the match rahul dude in the second well, match so we'll come that was a weird decision wasn't it yeah 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 virat looked good in that second match and little obviously made the, the back in the first um so it's kind of unclear basically uh, what are your what are your highlights you said the batting was good and then we'll talk through specifically sky sky's innings in the second game was unbelievable how yeah. good was that yeah. it was, well uh, it was he also made brilliant. a he made a 50 in the first also yeah but the second one was just no, no, it was 60 just saying, like what, 22 when you balls build on top of that right yeah, yeah, half century true. in the first and then you're like true. my gosh so true. so so sky was the main highlight and from india's perspective i mean but killer miller dude what that 100 that he got india put it up was, 237 and if i'm not mistaken what was interesting is i think i read a stat that said it's not often that you make a century in a t20 in chase in a losing cause and one of the other people who's done it is kela yeah, no. <laughs> yes which is such an it seems so on brand for kela right to be making <laughs> centuries in a chase in a losing cause but but anyway talk to me about let's talk the second like I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the first T20. It was kind of, it was fine, right? They made it. We got them. No, but Ashdeep and uh, Chahal yeah. showed up, right, with the ball. I want to. I'll come to bowling. I'll come to chat about our total bowling in a in a second. But on the batting, right, in the second T20, making two hundred and thirty-seven, right? Rahul and Rohit opening. Obviously, we're not asking the question anymore of like, are they the right openers, etc. Are they going to open for T- for India in the World Cup? But Rahul made fifty-seven of twenty-eight. Kohli then made forty-nine of twenty-eight, which is a phenomenal innings most days. to strike at 175 at number 3 but was probably the third best innings in this uh, third best individual performance in this innings and then sky came out and hit five sixes in going for 61 of 22 so is this kind of the approach team india is going to take is this the option that sky karthik kind of players get when rahul is more aggressive up front and it works no it was uh, it was brilliant it just kept going right like to get more than 200 in in that game was just unbelievable you also saw kind of dk coming at the end smash 
17 of 7 and in his kind of I think you called him the, the 6 ball specialist or something like that or was it like 8 ball specialist 29 yeah, of 8 man. from Nidahas from Nidahas that's his, that's his brand now yeah but it was brilliant because you saw it come off right what is worrying though is I don't know like the bowling is just worrying me and like you can talk as much as you like about the batting but you can't score 240 and then let people get within 16 runs of it it's I mean yeah so, the ground was small and the pitch was good but you're expecting to keep them to under 200 right even then yeah okay so let's so let's talk this and especially since Temba Babuma played in like a maiden he's got he a, played a full maiden got out of the seventh ball for that <laughs> I mean, but, so Varun if you can hear me let's talk a little bit about this getting 221 in chasing 238 and specifically Miller said I think when he made that insane century he said Quinton de Kock apologized to me later saying I just couldn't get going right when one guy makes 106 or 47 and the other was batting at about a run a ball like how do you manage partnerships like that that's tough right to be the batsman that has to apologize it actually just it's too many runs so it's the I put it down to them basically if, if they were chasing too much and that's when a batsman has to come and apologize because otherwise somebody like Quinton de Kock he, he still played a, a good innings, man. Like, don't take that away from him. He's apologized because the target was that big. He's also apologized because Miller was that brilliant, right? My God, is this the first time on the show we've had a bachelor of over 330? Uh, I don't know. You are our bachelor guy, man. You got to tell us. My mind now just does additions so fast. <laughs> Between 100, 150, 200. But yeah, he was, I mean, bachelor of 330. And Quinton de Cox was still going at 200 plus and had to apologize, right? Sky, sorry, second T20, 61 of 22 balls. Sky was 338.27. Yeah, but DJ didn't mention that when he talked about Sky. I know, he talked about the... I I was waiting for you to come and tell us the Bastra stats. I don't steal your thunder. I mean, as it is, you're like Akashwani. We can't like see you, but we can hear you like (laughs) speaking. It's awesome. (laughs) I mean, yeah, fair. I, I think you're probably being a little more generous to Quinton Dukak than I was. He really looked like he was struggling. But I'm not, you know, not a ton to talk about in the third match. India made a bunch of changes. Punt came up to open. DK batted at four. But let's let's come back. And Riley Rosso made a phenomenal century. But DJ, let's come back to your question. The bowlers, right? Deepak Chahar, I said this, I think, in the second or the third. It was third T20. But basically, Deepak Chahar, Arshdeep Singh, and Mohammad Siraj, essentially, were all in a, call it an audition, right? Because the timing of this was such that Jaspreet Bumrah had just, I don't know, first off, he got injured, then ruled out, then the other said he's not actually ruled out. And we went through a little bit of this typical BCCI drama about what was reality and what was not. But talk me through that. Like, in the series, Arshdeep obviously had a good first match, as did Chahar. Neither of them had a good second match. Arshdeep picking up two wickets, but going for 62 runs. Uh, actually, sorry, Chahar had a good second match where he went for four for four overs for just 20. Four. Uh, and then in the third match, Arshdeep was left out. Chair picked up one, but went for 48. Did, did anybody cement their place in the side? And is the fact that India has has left for Australia without that 15th spot, that Bumrah spot filled, is that very telling? It is a little bit, isn't it? I mean, I think Arshdeep has, he's almost a successor. The only one left, right, to succeed Bumrah. In a way, we, we thought he was up against Harshal for a spot. But he can bowl those Yorkers. He saw he could bowl up front. He can swing it. So he's probably the closest to replacement you've got. He was already in the squad of 15. So I think he's now made his way into the playing 11 for sure. After that injury to Bumran. That's not a bad thing in itself. I mean, let's, let's go back to 2007, right? Like I was watching the highlights recently and R.P. Singh and Fan Pathan were in the wickets. And 
I mean, Arsdeep is kind of a similar bowler, right, in a way. And Shreeshant as well, who's taking wickets. And you had Jogi. And I mean, sometimes maybe it's not a bad thing to lose some of your bigger name players and give some of the younger players a chance to come out of their shadow and perform. So I think Arshdeep is is going to be playing in the 11 now. I think Harshal had a pretty tough uh, couple of series as well. I don't know how many runs here you went for in these games, but I, I think he went for a lot, right? Those dipping Yorkers and things haven't been working since he, he got back. And then Deepak Cher did himself no harm with that spell up front in the first T20 and the third T20. So I think he might, he's already in the reserves if I'm not wrong. So I think he should, to my mind, move up into the 15. But there is talk, obviously, of Shami, who was in the reserves as well, replacing the more experienced Bumrah. I think that might be, I don't think that's a, that's going to be a great great move. I don't think Shami's a T20 bowler. I think Deepak Cher, if I'm not wrong, Deepak Cher holds the record for the best T20 figures by an Indian Quite. Probably six six know. for twenty three. T twenty. No, that's no, that's uh, six uh, for seven. ODI, man. Six. That's T twenty. Yeah. Uh, no, that's ODI. Talking, so Deepak Chahar six for seven against Bangladesh in twenty nineteen. Sorry, yeah. Varun. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying. We were talking about Shami and Shami not being a T twenty bowler, but who has made him in that position? Right, it's clearly the selector and the BCCI. Because if I'm DJ, did he play the last World Cup? Shami did, yeah. Yeah, Shami did. So, he got all the abuse, right, after that game yeah. that we lost. So he has played, I think, again, like I can't confirm the number, but I read that he's played one T20 since 2021 World Cup. And now suddenly you're talking about experience, right, in Australia. So it feels a bit odd to me. So Varun, let me ask you then, and there's an interesting comment, but I'll ask you first, what, who, Bumrah is kind of this once in a generation type bowler. A lot of the media has covered it. People have talked about it, but obviously disappointing to miss out. A, Bumrah got some hate, unfortunately, on the internet being like, how is he always fit, fit for the IPL and unfit for, for Team India? I, not to speak for the two of you, but I go out on a limb saying, I don't think any of us believes any of these guys would prioritize playing for a franchise over their country, right? I think Bumrah would probably the most unhappy or upset out of all of us to be missing out on the World Cup. But Varun, let me ask you, who in your mind does slot in? Is it Shami then? Because he does have experience, but he hasn't played, like you said, he's only played one. Is it Arshdeep for being lefty? Is it Cheher, who's now got a twisted ankle, I believe, who like is not doing his fitness test? And yeah, who slots in for you? Yeah, so I would not play Shami because I, I think he's just out of practice. And I also think that to win a T20 World Cup, we need bowlers who can do something different. Now, sure, and Ashdeep, Harshal, or uh, Deepak Chahar might go for 19 runs in the last few hours of the game. But they also might pick up three wickets because they're going to look to go after them, right? As opposed to people like Shami and Bumrah, who you're just going to wait for that next over. So, I would not play Shami, but given what Dravid and Rohit said, it seemed to hint that way. For me, it's pretty clear, man. Like, my top two now are Ashdeep and Chahar. And I've just been so massively disappointed with Harshal Patel because he's now played, I think, six games since he, he made his comeback. And the first two or three everyone accepted. The next three, it was just atrocious. So I don't know what it was up to. And, and Varun, while we have you decently on, on Signal, let me, before we take a quick break and talk ODIs, marks out of 10 for the batting. I think Sky and Rahul are the two that I specifically want to ask you about. How are you feeling about them going into the World Cup? Yeah, Sky is, I don't know, 11 or 10. I don't know how, how to how to rate him. But look, my funda, for lack of a better word, with these top three is that just one of you make 75, one out of three of you every game, and let Sky and Pardew do the rest. Like, that's it. I, I don't have much more expectation. So whether it's KL, Rohit, or 
Kohli, one of you just go on, play the 20 overs and you'll be doing us a favor. Yeah, and I'm just disappointed Varun didn't wake up 15 for three. I mean, it feels like that's, I was expecting him to talk about us being 15 for three. But DJ, let me ask you last, last thing on the batting. What is our strategy going into the T20 World Cup? I guess we have one more episode before India plays our matches, so we can talk it more then. But what's our strategy on players like Dinesh Karthik? Is he a number six bat- batter? Is he, like if, if one of the top guys makes 75 and the first wicket falls after 16 overs, do you bring Sky straight in? Do you skip Virat? Do you bring the nation? Like how fluid are we really going to be? What's the strategy there in the thinking? I think you have to be fluid. I mean, if you've batted 15 overs with the two openers going good, going well with Rohit and, and Rahul, there's no point bringing in a, a Kohli at that point. And we've seen Kohli do that. He's dropped himself down the order previously as well when even he's been skipper. So at that point, you'd put a Pandya in, you'd put a Pant in, you'd put a DK in, you'd put the big hitters in to to finish the last five kind of over. So I see DK's role very much as as the finisher. That the last four overs, that's say 16 to 20, would be his his area. But you saw in that last T20, he can bat before that as well. So that's good. I mean, if you're 9 for 4, which is what South Africa were, 9 for 5, I think, you can still hope that someone like a DK, because DK's played, he played the first two T20 World Cup. It was still called, it was, what was it called? World it T20. Called TT. No, it was called the TT World Cup. I remember oh Ravi Shastri was saying, India have won the first TT World Cup. <laughs> like, that sounds but, so strange. It sounds like ping pong. Yeah, because it was like, no, the T20 wasn't a concept back then. But uh, I think you've got to be flexible. I think you've got to float your players up and down as they come. I think a Sky, someone like a Sky could probably leapfrog a Kohli in that scenario because he can just go from ball one. But you have to be flexible. And I mean, interestingly, we've talked a lot about the bowling and how disappointed we are. It is, India have done pretty well down under the last time we were there with a weekend bowling lineup, right? There was no Bumrah. There was no uh, Shami. There was, yeah, and there's uh, an interesting comment coming in specifically <laughs> that says, tell me which, from Tropical Eskimos, tell me which bowler in our T20 World Cup squad has not injured his back at this point. It looks like Gabba 2020 dressing room, which is absolutely right. Like that's and, when Shardul got slotted in and yeah. And by the way, I just, I'm in India, which is, and I watched that entire underdog series. Uh, oh man, is there a way, on. if any of our listeners knows, is there a way to watch it overseas? But anyway, sorry. I don't know, DJ, if you've seen it or not, but it was excellent. Like, I think it could have been made a little better, but just that the content itself was so fantastic that you're willing to look past uh, some of the more average production values. <laughs> but it was amazing, man. When you reach the fourth test and you got Chargul and Sundar and Matrajan and Siraj, and of course, Pant and Pajara. It was amazing. So if you guys haven't seen it, you need to find a way to watch it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. I, I've seen the, the trailer for it a number of times. But the other thing is actually, maybe with the Bumrah injury, you back your spinners a bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't focus completely on quicks, quicks, quicks. Maybe that's not the way. I don't know, Ashwin. We've got another question on. Yeah, question or comment from Sai Basant, which says, who's a better fit in the 11, Akshar or Ashwin? Both have similar skill sets, but Ash gives experience, whereas Akshar has been played more. DJ, I think you've talked this pretty clearly that Akshar is the quote-unquote like-for-like for Jadeja. Varun, what is your take on Akshar versus Ashwin really quickly? I know both both have played for the Delhi Capitals, or maybe when it was called the Daredevils. Ashwin's kind of that wily, smart cricketer, does the bowlers run outs, does lots of weird stuff in the field, placing once in a while, walks in and bowls a leg spinner. But but who do you play between Akshar and Ashwin? I would play Akshar again, simply for my previous reason where he just picks up the kids. I, I don't want a situation where you've got Shami and Ashwin bowling and economy rates of five or six. 
and zero wickets, right? I would rather have an Akshar who, of course, firstly can bat a little bit, but secondly, just has this knack of picking up wickets. He's like he's like a, a, a spinner version of Shardul Thakur, right? He just he just somehow comes in and picks up wickets, and so I would play him. But and why not both though? That's the other point, right? We because keep thinking three fast bowlers. I, I don't you've got Pandya as a backup, right? Do you play both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Chahil, Chahil is playing for me. So then it's a question of, do you have a second? Sp- I mean, if you play three, that means Akshar's at seven, call it. And then among the four bowling slots, you have Chahil, Ashwin, and then two other quicks on the assumption Pandya is your third quick batting yeah. at six. Is that Pandya is okay? third quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's three there's spinners, there. big grounds, back your strengths. Yeah, I think they'll explore it, honestly. I think they will. Right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Weirdly enough, a week out from, I said this before, but a week out from the T20 World Cup, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about ODIs and kind of India Team B, if you will, or our side of the future, or younger side, whatever you want to call it. So let's take a quick break. We will be right back on the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Varun, let me ask you, A, what is the point of playing an ODI series with a second string team one week out from the, the T20 World Cup? Like, wh- why are we doing this? And have you had a chance to watch and engage with any of the games? I, I watched the first game a little bit. Second, I just haven't watched at all. But I, I can't understand the point. My dad was asking me today, like, is the South African lineup the same that's going to play the World Cup? Why have they stayed back while the India World Cup squad has gone to Australia? So I can only assume they just want some sort of match practice and I, I, I can't, I don't know why. We just it's it's o- ODI Super League points. They need the points mm-hmm. to qualify for the next World Cup. Um, South no, Africa so is currently South sitting Africa. at number 11. So South Africa needs the points. They've so cancelled ODIs against Australia and Jan for their T20 league. So but they lost. Like points. if they don't win, is it, do they still get points? How does the points work? No, they per game. So you get points per game, not per series. So okay. they won the first game, so they got points for that. They lost okay. today, so obviously got India it. got points for that. No, so basically, this is done just for South Africa. I mean, we're we still watching it. So clearly, clearly, they know that there's going to be an Indian cricket fan audience, right? So Right, 249 in that first innings, right? Not a, not, not a bad score in the Lucknow Stadium. Not a great score in a 40-over match, by the way. Phenomenal heroics from Klassen and Miller. I think when they walked in, it would have been like 70-odd 70, 70 for three. Then Decock got out at 110 for four. And then in 18 overs, they... They doubled the score, getting to 249. Varun, let me ask you about the chase really quick before I come to DJ. Right? Top order didn't do great, unfortunately. And at one point, I think it was like 50-odd for three or 50-odd for four. You and I were messaging each other when uh, Ayer and Samson were batting, saying, we know, we've seen this happen, right? Ayer will play an innings that's a little little slower than we need, but he'll still make runs. Samson will play a phenomenal innings, not not get us over the line. And exactly that played out, didn't it? Like, how many times have we seen this happen? That Samson comes back, plays a great innings, and all the media is, why are we not playing this guy? Why did he not get on a plane to Australia, etc.? Yeah, it's exactly that. I can't understand what happened. I, I looked at the first four batsmen in that 
in that lineup and i was just shocked man like especially ruturaj guy because what was he doing isn't he like a t20 player 19 or 42 balls kishan 20 of 37 it was just disaster all the way and then <laughs> like you said credit to these two guys right they came in and tried to make a match of and somehow still ended up losing in samsung world by two shots right 1 6 and 1 4 that's what he said that we lost by he had a brain fade moment in the end where i think he took an extra like he gave a single back on the other end maybe it was ravi bishnoi um and didn't keep strike i don't know i don't know what was going on but yeah but it was just the problem was at the start it was too slow they ate up too many balls and it just became hard to Yeah, I mean, not not a lot else to add, right? DJ 240 in chasing 249 doesn't look bad, but it was pretty horrendous. It was a pretty horrendous yeah. chase. Let's I, I I read a stat somewhere which said out of the 240 balls available to the team, the first 102 balls brought 46 runs. I think that tells you the entire Jeez. story. Jeez. Yeah, very three runs on over when you need six and a half. Yeah. Jeez. Pointless, but nice to see Sanju smack it. It's always fun to watch Sanju smack it and it was the first game of the series. So, yeah. not not an unpredictable result. 100%. Like if anybody is putting money on these things forever, put uh, money on Sanju doing well in the first game of any series. And then we went to the second uh, second match in Ranchi and this was a full 50 overs and South Africa ended up making 278. Marker made 79. Hendricks made 74. Again, a, a good score, kind of, I mean, slightly below par. So you would have backed Team India to get over the finish line. First off, from a selection standpoint, DJ, Washington Sundar, back in the mix, right? In, this, in a world where you're spe- especially talking about three spinners, or at least can your, spin, can your all-rounder be a spinner, if Hardik's not available, etc. We didn't get to see him back today. But, you know, one for 60 and nine overs is not worth riding home for. But nice to see him back in the ODI setup, or, or what's, the, what's the game plan? Yeah, just, just nice to see him back on the park playing international cricket again. Um, he didn't bowl particularly well. There was a lot of stuff, filthy stuff down the leg side, which got put away. He went for a few runs. But he wasn't the most fluent in the field either. So I think he's still feeling his way back in a bit gingerly. But I mean, that guy is one for the future, man. We just need to make sure he's fit. He's he's going to grow into his game and he's going to be something else. And long way, may we speak about uh, Washi scoring runs and what his dad had to say about it. Yeah, I mean, lots of Gabba references coming back actually this episode. But Varun, I'm not going to ask you about Sundar. India chased it down pretty easily, more than four overs to spare. Most people think I'm going to start go straight to Kishan's great innings, which is on which there's a comment on the screen for and Samson. But I actually want to ask you first about Shubman Gill. How good did he look? Right, 28 off 26, hitting these absolutely stunning, stunning drives. They just look so clean. And I, you know, I would say a little unlucky to get like that cat, return catch on Rabada's bowling was absolutely phenomenal. Like he doesn't even he didn't he didn't look as good as it was because Rabada is so good. But it was a phenomenal catch. So a little bit unlucky, I would say for Shubman. But is he like? Like trying to is is he really making a case to be the opener in the setup in the 50 over setup once Rohit and Shikhar move on? I mean, I think he has to, right? Like he's he's a class apart. He's got great skills. Again, I have to refer to Gabba because I saw it just two days back. He set It's up the fourth Gabba reference this episode. <laughs> yeah, he he set up that match. So I definitely have a soft spot for him after watching that with recency bias. But I think. Dhawan has said he wants to play the 2023 World Cup. Rohit is going to capture that World Cup. Rahul is still, we're not sure what his role in ODI is, whether it's at number one or number five. And so I think he's going to have to wait. But the minute that changing of that guard happens, Shubman Gill is going to be up there. He's got competition, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys and 
if you start looking at our ODIP, almost everyone, like except Ayer, could open the innings. So it's it's going to be tough competition, but definitely putting your hand up there. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. And then DJ, really quick, because I want to make sure we have some time to talk a couple other fun things in the world of cricket. Ishan Kishan, 93, very unlucky to get out without missing, by missing out on that century. And then uh, Shreyas Ayer, of course, 113. I don't think there's any doubt that Shreyas is a class ODI player. I think my problem is we always extrapolate that to be like, why doesn't he play T20s for India, et cetera, which I think we've discussed at length. But any any highlights? I mean, it makes that third ODI exciting, at least. We got the series tied at 1-1. So either way, it'll be a 2-1 finish again. So somebody predicted, right? But yeah, thoughts, great partnership, right? Not a lot not a lot to say. It was just, it was just quality batting. I mean, for me, it was actually that over that he went after Andrek Norkaya. Who was bowling 146 clicks at one stage, and Ishan Kishan's just put him into the mid-wicket fence, just hitting it cleanly. He went, I think he went four six six, and then there were two dots while he tried to ramp or like uppercut Andrik Nokia, who was not impressed by that effort. But I mean, he's. I've always liked watching Kishan. I mean, until last year, I thought he'd probably make the squad for this T20 World Cup. He fell away a little bit. Didn't have a great IPL, but this was you could see the disappointment in him. He took his time early on. That was nice to see. It was a bit of maturity. It is his home ground. He's a Jharkhand boy. I mean, obviously, we knew the other great wicketkeeper batsman that came from... from Who's, who, which of our fan listeners is keeping tabs on how many minutes till <laughs> DJ brings up MS in any episode? Anyway, keep going. I mean, how can you watch a game in Ranchi without talking about the great MSD? But it was great to see uh, another young wicketkeeper bat three cop criticism in the previous game because he got he was absolutely abused for whatever the 20 of 37 balls or whatever that he made put it out of his mind came back smashed it i mean it was like watching a little bit of the future other than watching shekhar do shekhar things as usual and i mean the gill innings it was just full of little gems and for me i don't think he should open the batting i think he should bat three when kohli goes that's he's for me he's the sole successor to virat kohli right like in test as well as as odis and he could he just he's so pleasing on the eye just a fantastic innings and please for a year as well so much chat about his his short ball stuff but i mean it wasn't the world's fastest or most bouncy wicket but he just did what was needed and the only way you can do that is by scoring runs right so Congrats to him. Second uh, international, well, second limited overs 100 for him. He's got mm-hmm. a test 100 as well. He yes. does in his debut. Right. So good, good run for the men. Let's talk a little bit about other thing, two other things that are happening in the world of cricket before we wrap up for this week. One, the Women's Asia Cup is on. It's been pretty interesting. Very, very clinical by from the, the Indian women except for the one game against, unfortunately, against Pakistan. But doesn't matter who you who you lose to. At the time of recording this, India beat Sri Lanka, who have looked good against everybody else, beat Malaysia, beat the UAE team, again, lost to Pakistan, and then just earlier today at the time of recording this, beat the Bangladesh women. So looking really good, sitting pretty at the top of the table, five matches, uh, four wins, I think it is, uh, tied with Pakistan, who have five matches, four wins. So it's looking pretty clearly like India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka are in the semifinals. I think Thailand and Bangladesh are going to be duking it out for that fourth semifinal spot. Actually, by the time of recording next week, we'll be able to talk about the the finals. But you know, overall, it's been a good run. Again, the one match you lose, it's allowed. You don't. You wish it's not against Pakistan, but that that's how it goes, unfortunately. Before the knockouts is okay. That doesn't yeah, count. That's it. Just get it out of the way right now. DJ, a couple things. One friend of the podcast, Jemima Rodriguez, she's been on this show before. How unbelievable has she looked. Just, just yeah. absolutely incredible. Her, Varun, if you're still listening, her Basra has been 200 <laughs> and 
40 or so, 238 across the tournament, right? Average is 94, strike rate of 145, 145 almost. Just phenomenal. And and kind of nice also to see Shafali Verma coming back to form, not only with the bat, but also with the ball. She's picked up a few wickets, especially in today's game. So, so nice to see. DJ, any predictions? Looking like we will probably face either Bangladesh or Thailand in the semi and then potentially Pakistan in the final. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think pretty confident, man. I think India are the best team by some distance in Asia. I think barring the blip against Pakistan, which would actually act as more motivation for these girls. I think the the ladies will manage what the men couldn't do and lift the Asia Cup next week this time. So that is my very strong prediction and uh, lovely to so. see Jemmy doing well. I mean, yeah. she's just matured into such a fantastic batter, right? And I'd love to see her playing in a in a test match as well because she's got that kind of temperament to bat number three, four and, mm-hmm. and, and get a big run. So very, very happy to see that. Yeah, very well said. Varun, before we wrap this week's episode, earlier today, England was playing Australia and we had a little bit of a moment in that game. I don't know if you you got a chance to watch the video before this. Do you want to describe to our listeners what happened with, with Matthew Wade and I think it was Mark Wood, the bowler, and your kind of thoughts or reactions? And we'll, we'll post a link to the tweet uh, where the video is posted. Yeah, so it was very funny. I saw it literally one minute before going to the podcast with my jaw dropped. So Matthew Wade hits the ball up in the air and it's almost going over. It, it, it's so high that it's coming back on top of his own stumps. He's gone down the wicket and he's now charging back to get into the trees. Mark Wood is behind him trying to make it, uh, trying to make the catch and Wade kind of looks back, sticks his arm out to stop Wood and then gets back into the trees. This is all happening while Josh Butler is on the other end. Uh, no, sorry, behind the stumps, waiting for the ball to bounce, then catches it and puts his hands on. And I think did I describe that correctly? I think so. I mean, for if you haven't watched the video, go watch it. But it was almost like in soccer or football, a defender was trying to avoid the striker getting the ball and so used his arm and shoulder to do it, which would have been a yellow card. But it's um, like I've never seen it before. So, Varun, you said Joss was back there. He did say at the end of the game, the team was asked, discussed about appealing and he didn't appeal. Like, I, just, I don't know. In the, in the world where we've had a couple of weeks of discussion about the bowlers run out and all of that stuff, like, what is happening with this the spirit of cricket? Are we saying it's acceptable now that Matthew Wade avoided getting caught out by, by putting his arm out and blocking the bowler with his body? Are we saying it doesn't matter because England ended up winning anyway so who cares like what what is happening what is going on with the spirit of cricket I mean do it against England right that's what everyone would say do it stand outside the crease punch the bowler uh, come to the catches because they're not gonna I mean the amount of moral high ground they're sitting on right now they're not gonna get you out so do what's needed DJ before, just as we wrap, quick take on this. What is what is your take? What is happening? I mean, Josh Butler doesn't know anything that's written in the laws of the game. That's all I can say. He's. It was extremely... I mean, if that's a World Cup semi-final or knockout game, and he's... Matthew Wade has done whatever he can not to get out. It's but, your but let's job start, to get him out. But let's start with like, Matthew Wade. That isn't... Yeah, but that's not out of like character. Andy. Yeah, Fair, but that's but not out of But character. it's ridiculous, he right? That he did that. It's it's, it's yeah, expected, it, it is completely. Okay. It's appalling. It's sure. And yeah. and there have been English cricketers that have been dismissed obstructing the field. Jason Roy has been dismissed obstructing the field, running in the way of a throw at the non-strikers' end. Ben Stokes has had Mitchell Stark fling the ball back at him, probably with less cause than getting out over there. And he's tried to defend himself almost and been given out obstructing the field because he was going to hit the stumps. I mean, Josh Butler has got no business. Like, not. I mean, it, sorry, he is the captain of England. He can do whatever he likes. But 
I'm sorry, he's not acting in the best interest of his team to try and win the game there. You're not playing in the park on a Sunday. <laughs> You're playing international cricket. The other guy has taken more than the extra inch and the advantage that he's allowed to take. Matthew Wade was out if you had appealed. And it's it's this kind of insidious, like we're going to claim the moral high ground about all of this stuff, which just keeps going. And Jimmy Anderson on his podcast recently came out and said, oh, India did this and that. I remember you bringing up the Collingwood incident where Grant Elliott was run out after colliding with side, Ryan Sidebottom. Yeah, I thought Look it was Stuart Broad, but I misspoke. It was Ryan yeah, Sidebottom. You know, you know who's on that clip? Jimmy Anderson is standing in the huddle in that clip. And if there was ever a time to claim spirit of cricket where you've literally bodied somebody and then run the same guy out because you wanted to win the game, that, I mean, where, where was the spirit of cricket then, right? Like, I mean, it's just so convenient to take this moral high ground. I wish Josh Butler gets run out in this T20 World Cup at the bowler's end. By Ash, right? That'd be ideal if Ash does it again. Whoever, anyone, someone should do it. Someone tried to do it. Deepak Chahar didn't do it in the first game here. He should have done it. I don't know why he didn't do it. Yeah. Take the bails off. And I, Josh Butler should get run out at the bowlers. And in an important game, they will. They just don't want to learn. <laughs> I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. And again, I don't like this. Was, this is not about the run out, but I think it's the spirit of it. I just think it's insane that things, are, some of it is at the, in the moment, maybe you don't know what to do. You react, but like a batsman or a batter has, has body checked a bowler to avoid letting him catch it. And like looked back, seen it very clearly, put his arm out. I just, I think it's unacceptable. And behavior is, and the these the Australians be. will take every inch they can get. Make no to mistake. To an extent, they to sledge. your point, as they should. Yeah, they like sledge, the they DRS brain fades, they sandpaper the ball. Oh, I mean, what, are you trying to prove that you're better than yeah. all of this by not taking the dismissal that's written into the laws? They tell the umpire it's out, right? They say, I'm saying it's out, which means yeah. it's out. Yeah, I mean, it's moral victories. No, but it's in, also interesting that Ben Stokes got very upset that, oh, how are you comparing this to the ball deflecting off my bat and going for four? But that's not it. When rules are rules, it's convenient. Oh, boundary contracts are rules. So we won the World Cup. So that's yeah. convenient. Yeah. When rules don't suit you, then... They yeah, prosper. then it's like, oh, moral, moral high ground. If you wanted to be morally upright, give the World Cup, share the World Cup with New Zealand. Let's do it. All right. Well, we don't have time to spend the next hour ranting about this, but if you have, if you are listening to us on a podcast, this is a good reason for you to check out our YouTube. You get to see me and DJ. Uh, you get to see us get a little more animated. If you're listening on YouTube and you're still here, please like and subscribe. It helps us grow. And if you're on a podcast or either way, just uh, give us those five stars on Apple and on Spotify. It's been uh, a wonderful episode. Good to good to talk to all of you. DJ, anything to add here really quick? Yeah, absolutely. It's a slight sad and uh, kind of mixed feelings type of announcement that we've got to make. So we thought we'd leave it till the end of the show. Um, so the news is that this will be the last Edges and Sledges on um, the IBM Podcast Network. We will be announcing where we're going. Uh, but we just wanted to say thank you to Amit, Kavita, Tejas, Jayesh, all the producers of the years, Antariksh, uh, Vishal, Vora, Suroini, Snehil, Vinay, Vijay, Rishi. I'm sure I'm missing a few names, but um, I mean, Edges and Sledges will continue. So you don't need to worry about anything. You'll still find us in the same place, but we'll just be uh, with, we'll be doing something slightly different. So we'll announce all of that. And uh, yeah, big thank you to the IVM folks. It's been a great ride and uh, we've enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, agreed. Thank you very much. A lot more news to come soon. But again, until then, like us, uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, all the social media at One Tip One Hand, and we will be back next week with another episode as always. Thank you very much. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. 
on What the Hell Navya Jaya Bachchan Shwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Paisa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shahid Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padhyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.